Welcome to the Good Ideas Podcast, where we share about good ideas that are helping the world. I'm your host, Steve Alshaw. I'm very excited to have a very special guest on the podcast today, my wife, Emma, and she's reading from her new book of poetry, The Light of Advent. I hope you enjoy. Hope. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. Isaiah 42.4 Not chance, not circumstance, not coincidence or crossed fingers or que sera, sera. It is not fickle or fleeting, but firm and forever lasting. Not unforeseen, but long expected and prophesied. Hope. Hope is alive. It is living, vibrant, and earth-shattering. Hope is something so grand, coming in such a tiny form. Because our Father saw our lives so dark and lost and chose to come to the rescue, we have hope. Because Mary said yes, we have hope. Because God and Jesus came down to us, we have hope. Because Jesus grew and experienced life, we have hope. Because Jesus taught a better way to be, to live, to do, we have hope. Because Jesus came to make us new, we have hope. Because Jesus said yes and walked a long, torturous road, we have hope. Because Jesus breathed his last and breathed his life in us, we have hope. Because in this life you will have trouble, but because Jesus overcame, we have hope. Hope in us, around us, before us, behind us. Hope is here because Jesus is here. So that poem is basically what started this all. (laughs) Um, I wrote that poem um, a couple years ago, actually, for a church service. I was asked to write a poem on the Advent theme of hope. Then I got thinking, why don't I just write a poem for all the other themes? Even though it won't be presented in front of a church in a service, I can still write it. And so I did. And so I wrote one for each theme, for hope, peace, joy, and love. And as we headed into the new year, I got thinking about writing poems around Christmas, around the birth of Christ, and all things I love about Christmas. And for those who know me a little bit or even know me well, they know that I love Christmas a lot. (laughs) I love the cool lights like we have on these beautiful Christmas trees I'm really excited about. (laughs) Love it. Um, I actually love the brisk temperatures outside. I like bundling up in a sweater and a blanket on the couch in front of a cozy fire if there is one. And I love the snow on the ground. Um, Some people would say I get a little wild when they see how excited I get at the first snowfall. I'm usually jumping up and down like a little kid. Um, So Christmas has always been one of my favorite times of the year. The calm serenity I feel on Christmas Eve, the excitement of Christmas morning takes me right back to my childhood where I got to eat chocolate for breakfast on Christmas morning. It was the only morning that that was allowed. Um, I love the uh, sense of hope that I feel with new beginnings, with Christ coming into the world to bring a new covenant, to reveal himself anew to his people. Christmas to me really means hope. It also sparks joy. It brings a sense of peace. It helps me feel loved and is a great reminder of the person of Christ who brings us all of those things. So with all of that, (laughs) I thought I would write a book of poetry on something I love so much. I thought there's so many um, Christmas devotional books out there. Um, I personally haven't encountered a lot of 
poetry devotional books. Um, so I thought, I love writing poetry. It's kind of my thing. Um, and I love Christmas. Why not combine them? Um, so I hope that this book will bring you guys lots of hope, peace, joy, and love during this Christmas and Advent season. So the next poem I want to read for you guys um, is what I kind of call a perspective poem. When I read scripture, I really love to put myself in the story. Um, so for example, if I were to read um, the story of Mary on her way to Jerusalem, I would say, okay, I could just read the story and appreciate it for what it is and the truth that it is. But I love to put myself there and say, what would it be like if I were Mary? What would I be thinking? What would I be feeling? What would I maybe see around me and how, I would, how would I experience? everything that's happening around me. Um, so there are several poems like that. So I'm gonna read one of those um, for you tonight. Um, keep in mind that this isn't really meant to be like perfect theology. <laughs> um, it's more like the Psalms that express thoughts and feelings, um, emotions in response to an event. So I'm gonna read for you now a poem that is called Lowly Shepherd. So the shepherds hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about, the, about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Luke 2, verses 16 to 20. Is this real? Could it be true? Is what the angel said true? I have to go and see for myself. As fast as my feet would carry an old man like me, I hurried to see the new Messiah that the angel declared had come. I searched and searched. Where could he be? The Messiah must be somewhere special, a place for a king. But the angel said he would be in a manger. Finally, I see him in the lowest of places, in a manger for a bed wrapped in cloths. What a sight I thought I would never see. Someone like me, day after day, looking after sheep, one of the first to see the newly come Messiah, the savior of the world. Why me? What have I done to merit such an honor? Nothing. I have done nothing. And maybe that's the truth of it. Anyone, even a lowly shepherd, can come and rejoice. Come and worship this newborn king, this miracle from heaven, this prince who would bring peace, the one who will bring comfort to the downtrodden, joy to those in the midst of sorrow, peace to the conflicted, and love to the unseen of the world. This child, this king, is for all the world. What can I do but rejoice, but sing praise, but bring glory to this king? Listen, everyone, no matter who you are, listen, hear this, a savior is here. He is here for you, he loves you. No matter who you are, he will bring peace and joy to all. Come and worship him, for he is Christ, the Messiah, the savior of the world. So Christmas is a very happy time of the year, but it can also be a difficult time. Christmas brings memories, brings memories of people, of events, smells, food. When I wrote this next poem, I was primarily thinking of my grandmother. 
Oma, as I call her, um, she actually passed away four years ago today. And she, she had her husband who had died 40 years before she did. So she lived for 40 years without her soulmate by her side. Um, and I remember my grandmother's devout scripture reading and church attending. And when she got too old to go to church, she would watch church on TV every single Sunday. I remember the sound of her slippers squeaking on the floor as she dragged her feet. Um, I remember the sound of her laughter and the smell of the Olay face cream that she would wear day and night. I also remember some of her more salty comments and maybe some of her more annoying to me mannerisms that all made up who she was. But I also know the feeling I have when I remember her. I remember her generous gifts and how much she loved her grandchildren, me and my sister. So it's usually around the holidays that we miss our loved ones the most. Um, at times when families gather, and that's when we remember the family that's no longer there around the table, whether because they passed away or because they're just not in our lives for one reason or another. So this next poem really is one of remembering and one of embracing the tension of the warm and the difficult feelings that Christmas can bring. So this poem is called Not Here. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Luke 1, 68-69. Thoughts flood my mind of Christmases past, of times spent together, of joy and laughter. I still hear your laughter, still see your smile, still feel your warm hugs, your gentle kisses upon my cheek. This time of year, with plans of family coming together, brings memories flooding back, joyous times with family, along with sad thoughts, with the fact that you are not here. Christmas, when family comes together, when we turn our thoughts to others, to goodwill, peace among us, love for our neighbor. I remember now more than ever, the love I had for you, still have for you, gone so suddenly. Dearly missed, sad that you are not here, but filled with joy and peace that you are with your beloved, lost so long ago, and that you are with Jesus, the one we celebrate this time of year, whose coming we praise God for. He came as a little baby in the most innocent way, went through life as we do, so we may relate to him, know him, praise him, accept him, and be with him just as you are now. You are at peace. For that, I thank God. The Prince of Peace, who came to us so long ago, now greets you every day. And so I am filled with hope, with peace, with joy. Remember our loved ones at Christmas. Um, it gets me thinking about how we need more love in this world. We really do. <laughs> I remember during COVID um, hearing news stories of people being hurt or hurting others. And it really got me thinking, what has this world come to? I'm sure many of us have, he have heard a string of news, news stories and we have just felt a little bit depressed. 
Um, I've heard of people that just had to turn off the news because they couldn't take it anymore. Um, or they actually just had to stop watching the news for a season because it was just too much. Um, I know that um, COVID has really, because people were, um, were sitting at home and maybe they weren't doing as much, that it really got them, gave them space to think and to realize some things maybe. Um, there are a lot of stories of human trafficking rising to the surface right now. Stories of racial injustice, stories of injustice against Indigenous people, um, stories of abuse and assault against women in and outside the church. So how do we begin to explain this all to people maybe who aren't Christians, um, to people that we talk to day in and day out? How do we explain this to our kids? How do we have conversations with them and try to explain to them what is happening in this world? Um, I know we had to have a bit of a conversation with all the stuff that was happening around when the George Floyd thing happened. And it was a bit of a difficult conversation. I know they were talking about it at school. Um, so sometimes I feel like we just get so focused on an event, go so focused on what our beliefs and our opinions and what is right and wrong that we forget to open up and see from our periphery. So it really just makes me sad thinking of all this injustice. I think Jesus told us that, I know that Jesus told us that love is paramount. So where did we go astray? When did we forget to love our neighbors and our enemies? How would the world be different if we remembered to love above all else? Above our own beliefs and opinions about what is right or wrong, above maybe even the person that might tick you off in traffic a little bit. Maybe some of you experienced a little bit of that on the way here. So this is really where this next poem emerged from, from all of that kind of thoughts and things that I was seeing events in the world happening around me. It's called Love Abounds. <clears throat> what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? Hebrews 2.6. From creation to present day, love flows deep, woven into the fabric of our being. Yet, yet we look around and there is hate. Where did we go wrong? Where did we begin to put belief and opinion before relationship? before the inherent value and worth of another human being. When, where, how? What gradual progression has caused our blindness? What teaching over hundreds of years have we believed, have we accepted without question, that has placed scales on our eyes, plugs in our ears, and stones in our hearts? Have we become so blind, so deaf, so hard-hearted, that we cannot see the other as human? When did we start believing that not everyone has equal stature and dignity simply because they are human? Cries for help ignored. Equity ungranted. A simple right to breathe denied. Missing and murdered and justice forgotten. Where is the love? In the single parent giving everything. In the random act of kindness for the stranger. In the spouse who sacrifices endlessly gifts. In the child who gives away their toys so an unknown child can have even just one. Love exists. 
It is deeply rooted, ingrained in the human heart. It was exemplified in Christ. Taking in tax collectors, prostitutes, adulterers, liars, and so many more. Showing them love, treating them as equals, humans. Demonstrating a new way to live, a new way to love, so we can live in harmony and unity under the love of God, the same love with which we were all created. So let's choose love. Love our friends, love our enemies, so that we can see love abound. So for those of you who may not know, um, my husband, Steve, and I uh, work for an organization called Fight for Freedom. So this is an anti-human trafficking organization that seeks to be an advocate of justice for those who have been exploited by human trafficking. So I just want to close off um, tonight with one final poem. Um, it really talks about how Jesus is the light of the world. And I know that um, even in our work with Fight for Freedom, um, uh, we really hear some dark, um, deep stories um, from people. Um, but those stories are often accompanied by stories of transformation. Um, transformation in Christ um, from survivors of human trafficking. Um, they, when, they, when they find Christ and they find hope, it's amazing the stories we hear of that transformation. Um, I just want to also point out too, um, just on the slide up there where it says fight for freedom and there's a little symbol, that's our logo. It's actually a lotus flower. So I don't know if anyone is familiar with lotus flowers, um, but they actually grow in dark and muddy waters to become these absolutely beautiful flowers. Um, so that is really the reason it is our logo is Fight for Freedom, because when people come out of the industry and when they find Christ and they have hope, it is amazing that that transformation, um, you know, we've met people that I would have had no idea that they're survivors just because Christ has transformed them so much and they really are like that lotus flower. So with that, I will read this final poem called The Light of the World. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8:12. When the world seems dark, when hope seems lost, when peace seems unattainable, when love seems impossible, when joy seems long lost, I am here. I am the light of the world. No matter what the outside may look like, no matter how dark, no matter how confusing, no matter how scary, no matter how much all seems lost, I am here. I am the light of the world. Remember my promises. Remember my good words. Remember my ways of giving. Remember my ways of thinking of others. Remember my way of life. I am here. I am the light of the world. There will be understanding again. There will be compassion in the human heart again. There will be kindness shown to the Samaritan again. There will be a bright sky shining again. There will be a fresh breeze blowing in. I am here. I am the light of the world. I bring hope. I bring peace. I bring joy. I bring love. I am Christ. I am here. I am the light of the world.
Thanks for tuning in to the Good Ideas Podcast. Until next time, thanks for joining us today.